From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind, and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Lawanjira Suradet. Since ancient time, pricks have always been one of the greatest threats to humanity. For many times throughout the history, fast-spreading diseases ravaged through every part of the world, killing large number of people on their path and causing major disruption to human civilization. Around 75 to 200 million people, or 17 to 54 percent of the world population in the 14th century, perished in the Black Death, a bubonic plague that is now considered the history's deadliest pandemic according to a ranking by the Washington Post. While more recently, the Spanish flu that spread worldwide from 1918 until 1920 killed up to 50 million people or around 2.7% of human population. As we are currently facing the global outbreak of novel coronavirus disease, COVID-19, the grim prospect of these past pandemics is not beyond comprehension of people in the contemporary society. Although the current accumulated death toll from COVID-19 is still lower than major breaks in the past, this virus has already claimed more than 4.5 million lives worldwide since the pandemic began in the early months of 2020, and by far has infected over 218 million people, or nearly 3% of the world population according to World Health Organization or WHO. One thing that these deadly diseases share in common is they were all an emerging infectious disease of their time, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention of the United States. Emerging infectious diseases, or EID in short, is defined as the diseases whose incidence in humans has increases in the past two decades or threatens to increase in the near future. They can be either newly discovered diseases or re-emerged diseases, but the underlie is these diseases are capable of spreading fairly quickly beyond national boundaries and of becoming major public and global concerns as potential causes of worldwide pandemic. We are all well aware of the colossal socio-economic impacts that the outbreak of such infectious pathogen can cause as we are still in the middle of COVID-19 pandemic. Before December 2019, this virus was unknown to the world, but within a span of months after discovery, it rapidly transmitted throughout the globe. However, it is very likely that COVID-19 will not be the last pandemic that humanity will encounter. According to an article published in the Medical Science Journal, Nature Medicine, it has been found that there has been an increase in the emergence of new infectious diseases, as around 30 new diseases have been identified in recent decades. This is a result of the changes in human ecology, such as rural to urban migration, increasing long-distance mobility and trade, industrialization of food production, and environmental degradation, including widespread forest clearance and climate change, 
which bring about more intensive people-to-people and people-to-animal interactions that increase the risk of pathogen transmission. And as human-induced global changes continue to extend, so too the risk of new emerging infectious diseases in the future. Unlock the Science Reporter Pratruchi Vanarum talks to Professor Dr. Thirwat Hemajutha, head of Thai Red Cross Emerging Infectious Diseases Health Science Center, Jhulalongkorn Hospital, on the nature of emerging infectious diseases and how could we avoid them. What are the main factors behind the emergence of emerging infectious disease? Uh, on this topic, I think uh, everyone uh, in the world uh, recognizes that uh, actually it's the human activities that uh, disturb or destroy the ecology of the nature by destroying the natural resources by intruding into the wildlife territories. And then uh, this make the wildlife to migrate to the other areas. And uh, with these activities that transform from the originality, the virus that exists in the body of the wildlife start to uh, mutate in order to live under the uh, new environment. Uh, So we can call these wildlife as reservoirs. And these reservoirs can transmit the pathogens or the virus or bacteria to other species or to human as well. Mm. And why should we concern about the emerging infectious disease? This is a very important question because the, the EID or emerging infectious disease has never appeared in the world before. So human never uh, encounter with uh, such diseases or such pathogens. Therefore, uh, human do not have any immunity against these uh, viruses or bacteria. So, so after uh, being infected, uh, the virus can spread very easily and it requires large amounts of time in order for the human to develop what's so-called herd immunity to act or to counter against uh, these EID pathogens. How much leak of uh, the future global pandemic uh, that we may have from the uh, newly emerged infectious disease? Uh, so, should uh, I say that, I mean, there might be already the EID pathogens in human, but we do not, we are not aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50 to 80% of the infections in human at the hospital here in Thailand, we do not know the name of their pathogens. We do not know the name of the viruses or the name of bacteria, but we treat the patients in the way that uh, it should be likely or the likelihood of the, the pathogens, whether it is bacteria or it is the virus. So at present, we might have the EID pathogens in the humans, but we are not aware of. So there is a lot of risks that we may face the newly emerged uh, infectious disease in the future. Is that correct? Just like uh, COVID-19. It's absolutely correct. So uh, 
what we what we have uh, known uh, in our knowledge is that the, we have at least 26 viral families and each of the viral family member can have the potential or can be capable of evolve to become a new structure of virus and then it can go across the barrier between species at mm. first by going to another species, to animal species, such as it happened firstly in bats or yes. birds. And then after that, it crossed the species to the terrestrial animals, that is the animals on the ground. And then after that, going to poultry, uh, going to, to herds, uh, to, to cow, to cattle, and then to humans. And then after that, from human to humans. And it also, uh, depending on the route of transmission. So it may start with a close contact, which is not a very effective way of spreading. And after that, it goes to the droplet infection like we see in COVID-19. And then after that is the airborne transmission. So if the virus reached the ultimate goal of the airborne transmission, so it means that uh, it, it uh, very highly likely that the virus wins the war. And as we have seen in COVID-19, that it developed strategies of the silent transmission. So the transmission, transmission can go on uh, unnoticeably. And then after that, once it reached uh, a number of persons, such as 100 persons, then may 10 or 20% of, of that 100 persons will uh, develop illness or develop sickness and then the sickness uh, uh, severity becomes escalated to be recognized and then to uh, have a more severe disease, uh, need hospita hospitalization or need intensive care support. Mm -hmm. So this is a strategy of the virus from step one to step 10. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. In the concurrent fight against COVID-19, our main weapon against this deadly virus is vaccine. WHO has read that the only way for humanity to beat COVID-19 is to vaccinate more than 70% of the total population in order to create herd immunity against the virus. This is because once a vaccination goal has been achieved, there will be too few unimmunized people to widely spread the virus, so the virus will be contained and finally eliminated. The same strategy can be applied with other infectious diseases. The world had already mass vaccinated against one of the deadliest diseases, smallpox, to its eradication since 1980. However, the COVID-19 virus is proven to be trickier to be contained with vaccines as it consistently mutates over time and develops resistance to our vaccines. Therefore, it is crucial for humans to keep up with the virus evolution. Fortunately, with the gradual advancement of medical technology, researchers worldwide are developing new techniques of vaccine production to enhance its efficiency. One of these leading researcher teams is a startup company by Ya Farm, led by Assistant Professor Dr. Sutira Techa Kunnawut, 
of Department of Social and Administrative Pharmacy, Faculty of Pharmaceutical Science, Jhulalongkorn University. She is also the chief executive and co-founder of Baya Phytopharm. Unlock the Science reporter Pratruchi Wanarum talks to Dr. Sutira on her team's vaccine development and its future prospect to be used against new emerging infectious diseases. Could you please tell us more about the vaccine de- development project for COVID-19 that your team is currently working on? Okay, so um, uh, we are we are a biotech startup here in in Bangkok, Thailand. Um, that spin off from Faculty of Pharmaceutical Science at Jhulalongkorn University. Um, we have a technology platform called um, Bayer Farming Process. The Bayer Farming Process that we are working on is uh, we we have the technology to produce a recombinant protein. We have the facility, a GMP facilities that already done it's already the first plant produced vaccines and biologics facilities uh, in asia um, with that technology platform when there's a covid-19 you know started in 2019 2020 um, and the who announced that there there's a there's a pandemic um, you know of covid-19 um, in in this world so we in in january in February, we have um, a vaccine prototype that we can that can be used um, to stimulate immune response. So we have that prototype. We test it in several animal models. For example, in in mice, in in monkeys, and then we kind of get all the results from from proof of concept studies in around July. So that. During that time, uh, we, we were thinking last year that, okay, um, the results looks pretty good and, you know, we, we should proceed on this, on this candidate, on this vaccine candidate. On the, on, on the parallel, we have our R&D team working on other non-clinical studies, like, uh, you know, not just a few studies that we did in mice and monkeys, but we also did other studies to ensure that the vaccine that is going to get into phase one trial are uh, safe and uh, um, has a quality and also um, are effective. Uh, we are working on a vaccine that we can make, you know, two variants in one jab. So maybe might be more effective in, in the future. Hopefully, we can have the vaccines available for, for the Thai people around um, a third quarter, the third quarter of uh, 2022. I have learned that your vaccine is uh, the protein subunit type. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Uh, Our vaccine is, is a vaccine called protein subunit vaccine. It's, it's that type of vaccine. So if you learn from the news, um, uh, you might know that there's another promising vaccine called Novavax. Novavax is also a protein subunit vaccine. But instead of using a plant to produce their recombinant protein, they use a moth cells to produce it, to produce their recombinant protein. As right now, the environment is changing so 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 quickly and there is a change that there will be a new virus a new type of pathogen that can cause a global pandemic again do you think that this vaccine can be used against the also infection disease that may emerge in the future yes 
So, of course, that's the whole reason why we make a decision to kind of, you know, delay the progress by building our own facilities, because we know there are, uns- there are uncertainty of, you know, a new pandemic coming up again in the, fu- in the near future. So um, our technology platform, it's a, it's, a, it's a flexible platform to produce recombinant protein for any other other diseases, for example, vaccines for other infectious diseases as well. And right now, so yeah, the, the question is, yes, um, the, the, the technology itself can be used to make uh, vaccines against other infectious disease or other newly emerged disease. But we, we kind of hope that the next time, if there is a pandemic, we can produce the vaccine candidate faster. However, you know, it's not just about the infectious disease or other um, newly emerged disease or disease X, but we can also produce recombinant protein that can be used for other, other um, diseases like um, monoclonal antibodies for cancer or monoclonal antibodies for other diseases that might not have uh, patients, might not uh, have um, enough access to these medicines. So our our facility is a multi-product facility, meaning that we can produce different products um, from, from the same technology platform that we have. Also, we... Uh, we, we, we have our R&D team working on other projects as well. So we have a progress uh, so far. Our R&D team works on monoclonal antibody for cancers. And we found that the, the results are really promising. And we try to get it into first in, in human try, like maybe next year. So um, yeah, so the answer is yes. This Technology has many potential, right? It, it, it can use to uh, cancer treatment, to develop vaccine. And what else that uh, it can do to improve uh, our uh, medical treatment? Yeah, just like I said, right? Like we can produce medicines for, for cancer. We can produce medicines for Ebola. We can produce wow. medicines for Nipah. Yeah, the, our CTO has worked on Ebola uh, vaccines and treatments um, when he, she did her uh, PhD thesis. Um, she has been working on rabies uh, treatment, uh, which is still a problem in, in, in this region. You know, many people still die from, from rabies. So there, there can be so many other diseases and we are expanding our IND team uh, to work on several other projects. For example, uh, we have another team working on lumpy skin disease um, for for cow in, for infection in cows. Uh, um, that that we have another team working on it. According to Professor Tirawat, new emerging infectious diseases are waiting to come out and wreak havoc in the world. He has revealed that around 50 to 80 percent of the pathogens found in the patients in Thailand's hospitals are unknown to the medical science community. There is a high risk that these pathogens may kickstart another devastating outbreak yet again in the near future. Fortunately, with the establishment of the Asia's first protein subunit vaccine production plant by Bayer Phytopharm in Thailand, Dr. Sutira assured that Thailand will have greater ability to cope with whatever pandemic that may emerge in the future. Nevertheless, we still have to respect and protect the nature to minimize our risk of unintentionally causing the virus crossover between species from animals to human, as Professor Tirwat has suggested 
in helping ensuring a safer future for humanity. Unlock the Science would like to thank Professor Dr. Thirawat Hemajutha of Thai Red Cross Emerging Infectious Diseases Health Science Center, Jhulalongkorn Hospital, and Assistant Professor Dr. Sutira Techa Kunnawut of Faculty of Pharmaceutical Science, Jhulalongkorn University, for their invaluable insight on the topic of emerging infectious diseases. Since today's episode is the last episode of the first seasons of Unlock the Science, the show's editor and producer Sin Fatan Sarawut will have some final words with our listeners. Hello, I'm Sin Fatan Sarawut, the editor and producer of Unlock the Science. Since today's episode is the last episode of our first season, I would like to take this opportunity to thank all the people helping to make this show. Possible. First of all, I would like to thank Chulalongkorn University Communication Center or CCC for their support, and Chulalongkorn Radio Plus for helping initiating and facilitating the production of this show, and all the technical and administrative support of the staff of the radio station. Then our small but capable team of reporter, Prat Luci Wanarom and Ha Wang Mang. And the show host Lawan Chilasurade for her narration and contribution in reporting. I myself did some reporting in this show as well. Unlock the science will continue with its second season in the early month of 2022 with some changes, but we will continue to bring to our listeners. The most relevant fields of science, research, and study in Thailand and other countries that affect our daily life and environment. In the meantime, from October 2021 until our next second season starts, we will relaunch our show from the first season. Finally, I would like to thank our listener. And audience in all platforms, either listening live every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1:30 p.m. on FM 101.5, or listening through our website curadio.jula.ac.th and our Facebook page Unlock the Science. Every and all episode of our shows. Can now be accessed through podcast platforms of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. I hope you will continue listening to our shows. Thank you. Unlock the science is edited and produced by Sinfa Dunsorawut with Lawan Jirasurade as the program host and co-producer. 